Sasha. Hey, Courtney. How can you tell if a leprechaun likes your joke? Uh, I don't know. How? Because he's doubling over with laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Happy St. Patty's Day. It's Spoop Hour. Welcome to a special St. Patrick's Day spoop hour. In which you... neither of us is wearing green. Uh, I've got teal on my socks. Oh yeah, you do. you got green toenails. Yeah, they're yeah. teal. Yeah. Okay. So teal's the St. Patrick's Day color, right? I don't know. I read the thing, a thing that said we technically should be wearing blue. Ooh. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's like that. a blue green, but like it k- turned Lovely into that green. like Kelly green now mm. that we all wear, but apparently the origins had us wearing blue. Oh. So we're close enough. Yeah. 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 Teal's in. I did realize... This is not a spooky thing that happened to me this week, but today I took our trash out, mm-hmm. and because our apartment complex now takes the trash out less frequently, our dumpsters get pretty full, so mm. I was having to lift the trash bag, like, over my shoulder to get it into the dumpster, and it leaked all over the red sweatshirt I was wearing. No! So I had to come back and change, and I was like, whatever, I'll just wear this other hoodie, it's no big deal. And then I got to the grocery store this morning and realized they're basically the same color as the gray yoga pants I was already wearing. And it was too late for me to do anything about it. So it's fine. So you're just wearing a onesie. Yep, basically. (laughs) It's Spoop Hour. We're a paranormal comedy podcast, in case you couldn't tell. Yep. That's Sasha. This is Courtney. And I'm sorry. I broke into our snack a little early. Well, our snack's really good. I already popped one in. Yeah. We have uh, (laughs) shit. That's the first time I sneezed. I'll cut it, but that was incredible. You okay? I never hear you sneeze. That was amazing. You can keep it in. So that way it's proof. No, usually I have really cute sneezes. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of a time I've heard you sneeze. No, I don't think you've heard me sneeze. I don't sneeze. think I've heard you sneeze, and I've known you for like 15 years. Yeah, no, I, I, usually, I don't sneeze very often, but when I do, it's pretty cute, but that was really ugly. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited about this. Shoe pastry. So we're eating shoe pastries. And it's filled with cream. It came from our local Korean bakery, Shilla, which is my favorite place yeah. in the universe. Sasha's apparently allergic to deliciousness. <laughs> they were so good. That was, an authentic, so excited. That was my, an authentic podcast moment that I was gonna cut, but no. My, my soul, like, left out of my body. <laughs> and someone has to say, bless you, so I'm like, cram it back in. Right. Which actually scared me a lot on The Simpsons, that episode <laughs> yeah. where Bart sells, yes. er, loses Bart's his soul. soul yeah. 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 And then the doors don't open for him anymore. Yes, yeah, and he can't breathe fucked, on the glass. Yeah. That fucked me up. That one was a weird Simpsons episode. Uh, messed me up. Anyway, so paranormal <laughs> podcast, but we also eat snacks. We do, and our snack is so delicious it'll make you sneeze and, for yeah. the first time in front of your longtime friend. And I think comedy is the key, key word here. Yeah. So if you're looking for, like, actually scary trash, you have not come to the right place. But no. if you're looking for spoopy trash. Sometimes we spoop ourselves. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah, we sometimes talk we're... about actually scary things. I and... know. We got some feedback that people did not like that photo of Damien Godson with the weird dude. Oh, no. Which is fair, because I also don't like it, so. Yeah. But we have, some, we have some scary ghost stories today. We do, because today we are talking about legends from the Emerald Isle in mm. honor of St. Patrick's Day being this week. Yeah. So we're gonna dive into, we're gonna play a game, we're gonna guess a featured creature we're gonna talk about spoopy ghosts because apparently at some point in history it was traditional to tell ghost stories on st patrick's day that's awesome so yeah that's what we're gonna be doing yeah did anything spooky happen to you this week other than dumping garbage water on myself no No. (laughs) that wasn't spooky that was just unpleasant and i want to spin the the garbage's ectogasm oh gross it was brown it was brown ew okay (laughs) and it had like weird dots in it i don't want to think about what it was i came back i took my sweatshirt off and then i like washed everything on my body (laughs) it was fine yeah it sounds terrible (laughs) now i'm eating a puff pastry I guess I had two spooky-ish things happen. Mm. Um, the one being last night in the dark, my boyfriend and I had to change a tire, <laughs> and I just kept, like, jumping at every single, like, noise that we had that wasn't related to, like, 
taking a tire off of a car. Well, because that's classic horror movie right. fodder. And it was, yeah, because we got... It's a couple alone at night, night, and they're having car trouble. Yeah. And then the man with the golden hook for an arm comes, and Oh, like, God. Ah! Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't thinking about that. But, <laughs> um, like, some of his neighbors have wind chimes still out. Oh, and no. And so you just hear that, like, high-pitched tinkling. I'm like, no, please, I just want to get these lug nuts off this car. Like, please, I just want to oh. change this tire. Um, I did, actually, I spooked myself yesterday, yeah. because I'm at a very vulnerable point in my brain this week mm-hmm. for whatever reason and I went to see the movie Thoroughbreds yesterday with my boyfriend and it was really good and mm-hmm. I highly recommend it it wasn't spooky mm-hmm. but for some reason there were like four horror movie trailers oh god yeah. and so my boyfriend's laughing because he's like these look so dumb and I'm like haha yeah they're super dumb but also I'm very unsettled <laughs> it's terrifying I so hate, it, yeah. it was it was a night where I locked my bedroom door because I was like what if something gets in my favorite like horror movie trailer stories my brother was little mm-hmm. he and my mom took him and a friend to go see some like kitty movie yeah. or whatever and they ended up getting free tickets to that theater after the show because oh, no. the person in the booth played the started playing the wrong movie oh no and so it was some like horror movie so all the trailers before it were for oh, other horror movies, no. and it was a theater, like, one of those, like... Full of children. Yeah, it was, like, one of those daytime, like, it's kiddie... like, Ice Age! Yeah, you know, mommy, <laughs> mommy and Me, you know, like, movie <laughs> afternoons, like, kids in for, ha- you know, for, in mommy half and price. Mommy and Me watch Beauty and the Beast! You know, half-price <laughs> summer vacation things, oh, no. and they ended up all getting comp tickets oh. because too many, like, I think they got through, like, one and a half trailers before, like, all the screaming children <laughs> <laughs> alerted, and, like, I think a parent, like, ran out and was like, please! Please make this stop! Oh! Oh my god. As an adult, I would not want that to happen. Like, I was thoroughly jittered from just going to see Thoroughbreds, which is a black comedy about murder. I was thoroughly spooked because they had, like, three horror movie trailers, one of which starred one of the the gals from Pretty Little Liars. Oh, yeah. But, like, they did this thing with their faces when the spooky thing was happening, and I was very unsettled by it, and last night when I was going to bed and I couldn't stop thinking thinking about about it, it... I realized, I was like, I shouldn't be scared of this. It looks like one of the Snapchat filters. Oh, God. Because it's like the really big eyes and the really wide mouth. Basically Uh, that. But I was still spooked. Yeah. But we are going to be guesting on Popcorn Prattle and watching a proper spoopy movie. So if you want to hear how much we are weenies because you don't believe from our paranormal comedy podcast that we're afraid of everything, hold on tight. That's coming. Some of my coworkers (laughs) make fun of me for this. And they'll, like, tell our students, like, yeah, Miss Duran has a <laughs> podcast about spooky things, except that she's a huge weenie. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. listen, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of everything, but, like, we like the stories. We like the stories. And if you like the stories and you're braver than us, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. And thanks for coming. And then the other spooky thing oh, yeah. that I did this week, I in Old Town Alexandria, there's this great escape room. I believe it's um, Escape Room Live. Live, yeah. The brand, but they're and great. we did it for our birthday. We went and did the Edgar Allan Poe room and that Ooh. shit was scary. And we're not really supposed to talk about anything with it, but I will just say that there's like secret passageways with and doorways and stuff. And, and they, they push, they separate your group and <laughs> yeah. lock one side, one part of your group in one room and one part of your group in the other room. And they're like, your first task is to reunite. And we're like, shit. shit. And, <laughs> and that's one where you actually like have to like figure out how to get out of the room. Yeah. Um, and it's really dark. Like, we had to use our yeah. phones as flashlights, basically, because the lighting was so dim. Yeah. But the one that we did this week for my friend's 50th birthday... It was one of the Sherlock Holmes ones, It was, it was right? the Sherlock... It was the, the main Sherlock okay. Holmes one, not the... um. God, what's the other guy's name? Um, Moriarty. Moriarty's, uh, Moriarty's, Moriarty's Madness, Curse or Madness or something yeah. like that. But we did, we did the Sherlock Holmes one, and that one wasn't necessarily, like, you're locked in. It's more like you need to have these two pieces of information oh. before you can leave and go, like... You know, like, quote-unquote, yeah. like, solve the mystery. The first one I did was more like that, because it was, you had to find yeah. proof that proof. aliens were living on the moon yeah. from the Oval Office before the president came back. Right. So this is probably, like, the less, the least scary one that I've ever done. Yeah. I, I was worried about things popping open and whatever, because that happened to me the first time I did a, oh. an escape room, and I was hopped up on Benadryl, because I, that was oh, when I broke into hives. Edgar Allan Poe Yeah, home. and we, we, I got my... I got hives from the Edgar Allan Poe Museum <laughs> in Richmond. Who hasn't? And uh, we did a we did a KGB versus MI6 oh. escape room, and that one the fireplace flipped around because there was a false door, <laughs> and then an arm fell out because it was like the charred remains of all the other spies. See, and that was in my head, when and that we, was too scary. <laughs> when we me. did when we did the one for our birthday, there was a secret room that you had to like crawl on your hands and knees to get into, and I went in there, and there were like glow in the dark skeletons in the wall. 
And Sasha was like, I'm going to come in too. And I was like, Sasha, no! Because <laughs> that was in my head and I didn't want right. you to get scared. It wasn't that scary. Once I got in there and was like, this is all fabricated. Like, yeah. I'm okay. But when I was like on Benadryl, like kind of drowsy much. and an arm fell out. That kind of like, drowsy lizard brain is the worst. Everything is scary. Yeah. Nothing is okay. But I will say, because this one wasn't scary, my brain wasn't occupied by this like fear of everything else yeah. and like what's going to pop out at me. My team... Got on the leaderboard. You did. And we were really excited. We five person team. We broke the record, mm-hmm. so we are now repping our high school yeah. and our English department, like yeah. on at this escape room. So if you are in a group of five and you live in Alexandria and you happen to go to that escape room, please do not beat our time. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone who listens to this podcast goes right. and beats your time. I know. I'd be so sad. It was it's funny because it was sad. like this. We it was a slightly delayed reaction so we could have like added a few more seconds to uh, our yeah, yeah like, it's like when we when we did ours like, we were technically out of the room but like the door just unlocked yeah it didn't like pop open so we we're all like is, I think, is there did we solve everything is there something left and yeah. like she eventually came by and she was like you guys can just come out you're mm-hmm. done we were like oh okay cool <laughs> oh and we did it without hints that's how we got on that's why Jam. we got on the leaderboard was nice. because we had a good time and yeah. we didn't use any hints legit because we're smart. You're so smart. Yeah. So and anyway, again. that wasn't that spooky, but I was just thinking about spooky, escape rooms. Spooky, and, spooky things. Yeah. So let's dive into some actual spooky things on our menu, other than the delicious shoe pastry with filling, which is very fluffy and delightful. We are gonna talk Ireland. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for me to do my terrible Irish accent. <laughs> That's Sasha saying shillelagh with a mouthful of puff pastry. It's like chubby bunny, but mm-hmm. with puff pastry. Mm-hmm. Shillelagh. This is so good. I it wish is. you guys could eat this. I know. I'm going to have another one, too. Please, cool. But first, let's do Featured Creature. Yay! Yay! So, because we're doing Ireland, this is a creature that is in Irish folklore. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it Scottish, Celtic, and Scandinavian lore style. We're taking it to the seas again for my home. Or maybe we aren't? Okay. Question mark? Seas, like... Like, like, yes. Water. Okay. Not like seas, like yeah. gravity grab. I will say I'm like 98% certain you're going to get this, okay. and I'm pretty sure you're going to get this fairly early. This is like when we did the Yeti, and I was trying to make it really hard, but you still knew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like that. So, I'm a gentle soul who would much rather fall in love than lure men to their death at sea, but all the myths that- Selkie. Yes. But keep going. <laughs> Say, I know. Sasha. Please, please keep going. But, <laughs> but I'm so happy because I know. <laughs> I, I told you. I was like, I'm pretty sure you're gonna. I was gonna save it for the mermaid episode, but I was like, I'll find somebody yeah. else for the mermaid episode. It's this fine. Great. All the myths that feature me, a selkie, are tragedies nonetheless. Depending on if you encounter the male or female me, the source of the tragedy will be different. Oh, I didn't know there were male selkies. I didn't either, but I hmm. learned yesterday. Nice. If you encounter the male me, be prepared for heartbreak. In my human form, I'm said to be incredibly handsome and almost irresistible. My seduction powers among human women are unmatched. Often I seek out the emotionally frustrated to get my seduction on, particularly <laughs> targeting women who are waiting for their fisherman husbands to return from sea. Oh boy. <laughs> but dissatisfied ladies can also summon me from the depths by crying seven tears into the ocean. Exactly seven tears. I don't know what happens if you cry more. Is this the shape from shape of water? Shape of water, yes. This is the whole plot to the <laughs> shape is, of water. This is the shape of water. He's actually just a male silky. Okay. It's fine. The female forms of me are usually the ones who end up heartbroken. Obviously, if you get the male one, you're mm. going to be the one who ends up heartbroken because you fall for his sexy seduction and then he bounces. Mm-hmm. Or swims away, as it were. So the female forms of me, when I transform into a human, I must leave behind the skin I need to transform back into my true form. Look how hard I was making it for you. Right. And you still yeah, got it in like I, four see, words. I, I saw Song of the Sea. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I, at the end, just in case you had spaced yeah. on it, I mentioned Song of the Sea. If a human man steals my skin, I am trapped as a human until I get the skin back. Often the human man will essentially force me into marriage and bearing his children, who won't know my true nature. But once I get my skin back, I'm Audi 5000. Like the mom from Song of the Sea. I think they were genuinely in, in love. In love. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. I think she willingly gave it up, which is why this next part is sad. Yeah. When I'm a human, if my skin isn't hidden or burned, I can only make contact with one person for a short amount of time before I must return to the sea. Mm. Once I do, I cannot make contact again or come back to land for seven years. Mm. 
so Selkies apparently are very tied to the one human. So yeah. I think Song of the Sea, See, yeah. she loved this fisherman. Yeah. She willingly gave it up, but it's they can't stay on land. Like right. It makes them very sick, which is why she was dying in childbirth. childbirth. And then she disappeared for like seven right. years. Because they, gen- they can't come back. Yeah. If you need more clues, I feature heavily in the film Song of the Sea, and I'm sort of a less well-known mermaid. When in animal form, I'm a seal. My name is derived from the old Scots word for seal. What do you think I am? Selkie! Oh my god, you're so smart! I made it too difficult, though. I'm so sorry. Alright, so I know what selkies are, I know what yetis are. Yep. I think I know what a Baba Yaga is, right? You did. You yeah. got Baba Yaga, but you, you were like, I just want to hear it out. And you knew yeah. what a banshee was. You just forgot the I word banshee. I forgot the word banshee. banshee. Yeah. And then uh, you didn't realize that a catawampus was a cryptid. Yes. And you got Bermuda Beast. I did, but only with some prodding. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to prod you any day. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like not on the podcast. Right. All right, mm. so do you want to kick us off by telling us some spoopy ghost stories? Yes. Because I also have a game for us, but let's do some stories first. Let's Another dip our tail. I'm excited. I know. Right. I was just feeling very gameable yesterday. All right, so let's start off with some Irish ghost stories. So nice. All right, this first one will sound familiar because we talked about women in colors <laughs> a couple episodes They're back. They're all fucking ghosts. Right? During our What Scorn Lovers episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Go back and look at that and then come back and listen to our St. Yeah. Patrick's Day one. So the first... Just do all the holidays again. All the holidays are good. Go back to Halloween, do Christmas, all of them. New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the woman in white. Oh. Huh. Never heard of her before. I don't... Th- I think she's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> the woman in white. There are so many of these stories all over the world. They're all terrible. All right. Pat Gill of the county of Kildare... Kil- Kildare? Kildare, I think. Kildare. 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 I don't know. I was driving towards Dublin. Oh, Dublin. Dublin over with laughter. Oh, just okay. the way the leprechauns do if you make them laugh. It'll with... be a chortle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good chortle. With a load of country produce. Oh, is it potatoes? Potatoes. Sounds like potatoes. He had made a comfortable seat for himself on the car and had plenty of hay about him and under him. Hay is for pleasant... horses. <laughs> He was pleasantly employed, thinking of nothing in particular, dozing and giving an eye to the proceedings of his beast. He was between the mill of Baltracy and the crossroads of Borheen when he was startled by the appearance of a woman, dressed in long white clothes, crossing the fence and advancing into the road. She came up to the horse and walked on with him, close by his neck. The driver chucked the beast's head in the opposite opposite side- Ch- like, like, ch- you oh, know, like, oh, like, like yeah, steering steer, the horse. Yeah. I was like, did he just pull his horse's head off and throw it? <laughs> Go! Go! In the hopes that she no, would no. chase it like a dog. <laughs> to the opposite side for fear he should tread on her feet or long robes, but still she kept as close to him as before, and sometimes he thought he could see the lower parts of the horse's foreleg through her dress. The matter had now become very serious. Maybe she's wearing a gauzy gown. He could not keep his eyes off the apparition, and he felt his whole frame covered with a cold perspiration. He became bewildered and could not determine either on going on or stopping. <gasps> so the horse, finding matters left to himself, jogged on, apparently unconsciousness, uh, unconscious of his fellow wayfarer. The center <laughs> of the crossroads of Borheen is or was occupied by a patch of green turf, Ooh. and when they came to its edge, the white figure stood still, while a portion of the f- shaft on the car that... Uh, car on that side seemed to pass through her. <gasps> Gil, observing this, drew the beast at once to the other side, crying in a voice made tremulous by terror, By your leave, ma'am. By your leave, ma'am. On went horse and car, the edges of the load preventing him from seeing the white form. Having advanced two or three yards, he looked back, uh, looked back fearing to see a mangled body on the road beside him, but saw instead the white appearance standing in the center of the plot of grass, her hands seeming to shade her eyes as she looked earnestly after him. Terrified as he was, he never turned his gaze till a bend in the road cut off the view. <sighs> the neighborhood of Borhean, Baltracy, and Rothkoffy was blessed, or, or the contrary, in times passed by a fortune teller and charm concocter, Molly Anthony by name. So unedifying was her life and conversation that the priest refused, refused to have any religious service performed for her after her death. Yikes. She left a son who had acquired some skill in curing cattle by herbs and did not pretend to any sur- supernatural gifts. 
I do love when, like, fortune tellers and shit are actually just, like, early doctors. Mm-hmm. And they're like, maybe if you wash your hands, you'll be better. Whoa, witchcraft. <laughs> Burner! <laughs> a farmer, Pat Ben, at whose house he had remained about a fortnight and who was well pleased with his performances, was passing near the Green Hill in his jaunting car, accompanied by Jack Anthony, a doctor, when on a sudden an old woman in a red cloak appeared to them between the bushes on the road fence and cried, Jack, it's time for you to come. <gasps> Sir, said Jack to his patron, will you excuse me for a minute while I go say a word to this neighbor of mine? Oh, sure. Jack got on the fence and passed through the bushes, but the farmer was surprised at not subsequently hearing the sound of his or her voice. He waited for about the space of a minute, and then bade his servant climb the fence and see if Jack was about to return. The servant did as he was told, and the master observed him look along the inner side of the ditch, now to the left, then to the right, and then straight before him, with a perplexed expression of face. The master sprung down, joined his servant, and found he had a long range of vision right and left, and then up the sloping side of the green hill, and no bushes or rocks to afford concealment. Neither Jack nor the red-cloaked woman were in view. It was months before the doctor presented presented himself before his patron, and even then the account of his disappearance was not consistent in all its parts. The writer was acquainted with Pat Bain and Jack Anthony and heard the former relate the adventure. So... Seems like they saw a weird ghost woman and then she abducted one of them. Yeah. Maybe weird. That, that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, that's so inconclusive. I know. Hmm. Although maybe it was just like, were he and the doctor friends? Maybe the guy was like, I'm going to run off from my wife. Can you just be cool and say, like, I got abducted or something? And he was like, yeah, totes, boy. And he was like, oh, it was a ghost woman. It was a ghost woman. No, don't ask then- questions. And then he comes back a few months later because it didn't work out. Yeah, with like, a deep suntan, and he's like, uh, yeah, ghost. Not other woman, just ghost. Was deep suntan on your mind because you just watched that episode of Pretty Little Liars when Allison comes back <laughs> with a deep suntan? <laughs> well, no, I just assume that if you're oh. having an affair, you're going to go to a tropical place. But yes, Allison did come back with a suntan <laughs> in the episode of Pretty Little Liars I just watched. That's right, I'm garbage. <laughs> You're getting in the mood. It's fine. All right. <laughs> I'm getting in the mood for Spoop by watching a terrible show right. for teenagers. Here's another story. Yay! The ha- Haunted House in Bride Street. No, oh, Shalali. Mr. Mullen, sometime grocer in Bride Street. Was... Sometime grocer. Yes. <laughs> was left a widower with the charge of several children, Aww. some of them young girls. Aww. And very soon after their mother's death, steps began to be heard upstairs and downstairs, and chiefly into the nursery. Ooh, ghosts around babies. Great alarm and fright prevailed, and the maid and the children appealed to the master of the house, who poo-pooed their fears. <laughs> yes, thank you. They suspected... <laughs> I'm, I'm very afraid right now. Right. They suspected, however, from his own careworn looks that he had also received disagreeable visits. So he's oh. trying to be like... Don't no, af- don't be afraid. We're not going to move. There's da, nothing da, 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 to be there's afraid nothing. of. But Eat your also- potatoes. But he's also like, got the poop scared out of him. Yeah, he's also oh, like, my breeches oh, are God. soaking in the poop. I'm just frightened. Deeply frightened. P- please no. <laughs> <laughs> the poor children began to lose the natural cheer of youth. Aw. And to be found with scared looks, especially towards night. And little wonder, for steps were constantly heard pacing across the nursery, Ugh. and sometimes they would be conscious from the low sound of breathing and sighing oh, that someone was standing beside their beds. No, thank you. One night, when the maid was following Mr. Mullen upstairs from the cellar, she saw distinctly saw a small man with a red cap on following close on her master's steps and holding him by the skirts of his coat. What? This was the only appearance, and it was the more remarkable, as all were of opinion, that it was the spirit of the mother who was showing her anxiety for her daughters in this disagreeable way. So, so she, she manifested a little boy of worry? Or like a tiny little leprechaun. <laughs> a little, little leprechaun of worry? The way normal parents do. At last, as Anne O'Neill, the maid, was one evening sitting at the kitchen table, employed at drawing and drawing out laces and frills with her Italian iron on the table before her, and the master sitting on the other side and smoking, he had come to the kitchen for that purpose. She was sensible of the presence of her late mistress passing close by in her in the close by her in the direction of the fire, and could distinguish the words she said in a whisper, Oshon, Oshon, Oshon. Oh master, said she, did you hear that? What, you fool, said he. Oh my mistress's ghost passing by me and moaning. 
I don't like that he opened by calling her a fool. Right. When her question was, did you hear that? And it could be like a knock at the door. And he's like, what is it, idiot? <laughs> what is it, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> okay, asshole. It's all imagination, He said he. But he spoke in a vexed tone. A don't encourage the children in these nonsensical whims tone. Again, mm. this is mean because he's seen it too. So he's probably believing in it. But he's just like, this is childish nonsense. Right. That night, the eldest daughter, who commonly seemed in more terror than her sisters, was sleeping next to the maid, the nanny, Anne O'Neill. She was all at once wakened up, became conscious of some awful presence. A cold perspiration burst out all over her, and she tried to cry out, but was not able. In this state, she received three severe slaps on the shoulders and fell into a swoon. What the fuck? So it's probably like, you know, the sleep paralysis. Paralysis, Yeah. yeah. The father, hearing in the morning what had happened, made up his mind to abandon the house as soon as he could, and in a few weeks was settled in Dorset Street. The persecution, or warning, or whatever it was, did not follow the family to the new residence. Some of the persons who experienced this domestic visitation are said to have been known to the writer, and were persons who would not willfully tell a falsehood. Oh. Hmm. All right, should we do one more? Uh, yeah. We should say, probably, that these are stories from... The like, Irish Times. The Irish Times in, like, the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. That's I why... The stories are from 130 years ago. The ghost stories from St. Patrick's Day. So, like you said earlier, yeah, you tell uh, ghost stories. Apparently, it was a time to tell ghost stories. And these stories had appeared on the front page of the Weekly Irish Times in 1888, so these were the stories that, like, the townsfolk were this like, is... here, here's, here are the po- most popular stories. You like, tell oh, I'm proper spoofed. Right. And then the last one I've got for you is the Queen's County Ghost, which, by the way, like, I think it's so cool that the Irish Times, like, still just has this in their archive. Yeah. Like, let's keep, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. If I ran a newspaper, I'd be like, let's talk about the weird shit we used to publish. Right, And just keep publishing it until we all die and become ghosts. And then. Publish ghost newspapers. Yes. I'm sure ghosts have their own newspapers. I mean, yeah, they want to keep up with ghost business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way that they deserve Tinder, they probably have newspapers. They're yeah, probably just tender. yeah. They're probably just like a couple eras behind us in terms of like technology and advancement. Yeah, I'm thinking about the ball in what we do in the shadows. Oh, the know, unholy masquerade. Unholy masquerade. You know, yeah. getting all the 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 different kinds of you know yeah otherworldly creatures yeah. together. Yeah, you just you, you let yeah. your hair down. You have you yeah. have some fun. Exactly. Just don't bring your friend with the bright red cheeks. Exactly. Because he he's, he'll get eaten. He'll get numbed up. All right, the Queen's County Ghost. Squire G, whose seat lay... <laughs> Squire G. It's, I know, I'm like, whose rap name is this? Right. <laughs> whose seat lay near Kilcavan was not a pattern Was not a pattern for the faith or morals while above mold, and afterwards would uh, cause con- considerable annoyance to his surviving friends and dependents. No night passed without the noises usual in such cases being heard. Doors would be flung open, keys heard turning in locks, plates and dishes hurled down from the dresser on the kitchen ta- floor, tables overturned, and chairs flung about. Yet, in the morning, nothing would be found out of its place. So, hmm. when he was a ghost, he would, like, cause all this shit, but in the morning, <laughs> nothing like, was... sorry, and he'd put it all back. <laughs> so, the family living in this house, at last, removed to another manor house at some distance. Bye! But the steward and an old coachman and a few hangers-on remained behind. None suffered more from the ghostly and ghastly treats of the late master than the coachman. One, when once the night came, he could not reckon on a moment's rest. If he attempted to take a nap in the great chair, his wig would be plucked off. (laughs) (laughs) I just want a nap in my chair. His wig got snatched. (laughs) (laughs) The original wig snatching from 1888. Exactly. Gonna snatch that wig, wig, girl. Or the chair pulled from under him, and he would occasionally find himself pinched and bruised and black and blue. Aww. Must have some hard pinches. Right? At last he seemed utterly callous and indifferent to these marks of interest in him, evinced by the old squire. Perhaps he was more obnoxious to this persecution for having aided the defunct in his designs upon the innocence of sundry young women during his reign on earth. Gross. There was one peculiarity in his visitations. He never made himself visible to more than one person in company, and though he adopted the appearance of a black dog or boar or bull on these occasions, the individual singled out always knew the old squire under his disguises. The black dog. There, there are grin. other. Yeah, I was gonna say there are other black dogs in Irish mythology because yeah. I know we did one when we did our cats episode. Yeah. I think because there was a big black cat yeah. too. And so. it's funny because he's like taking on these like big <laughs> animals, and then people are like. Oh, it's squire. just squire. That's so squire. <laughs> and then, like, the music plays out into the commercial, exactly. and they stand there with their arms folded and <laughs> laughing. 
Oh, squire. The wives, sons, and daughters of the neighboring farmers once took it in to uh, took it in head to club and have a ball in the big house, for which they readily got permission. Yay! All was merry as music and drink and an assemblage of young boys and girls could make it when, in the height of the festivity, the old gentleman took it in his head to become visible in a hideous shape to the aunt, then a young woman, of Mrs. Fitzpatrick. Oh, no! She shrieked out and fainted, and the universal <laughs> mirth and jollity came to an abrupt conclusion. What a dick! He's like, you can't party without me. Bing! When she was brought to herself and related what occurred, there was a general dispersion, and that was the last <laughs> attempt at a ball in the big house. Lord. Damn. So he's like totally a party pooper. Yeah, he's like, you can't party without me. So he's a dick to everyone. Yeah. He then, like, decides to do all this shit to people, but also, then he won't let other people have fun. And also, it's I'm kind only of... the only person who, I'm a, the only ghost who's allowed to have fun. Exactly. And he won't even let more than one person see him at a time. So right. he'll manifest in a room full of people, and only one person will be like, fucking ghost Mm -hmm. that's rude Mm -hmm. at least let everybody bond over that time the squire showed up as a bull like way to ruin the party bruh so rude so what a non-party rocker so tell these stories on your spooky saint patrick's day yeah because that's what you should be doing on saturday when it's saint patrick's day we should do a brunch and tell spooky stories we could we can we can we can we do need to watch that horror movie we do so in order to transition over, now that we've sort of started talking about Irish spoop and everything else, I have another game for us. And this game is called, I'm a Leprechaun. Can I do that? <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to do is give you some background on leprechauns. Okay. And then for the game, what you're going to do is I'm going to read a statement and you're going to tell me if that's a power that is associated with leprechauns Ooh. or if it's just a random made up power that leprechauns don't have. Okay. Got it. Shillelagh. 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 Background on leprechauns. They are sort of the quintessential Irish mythic creature. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think Irish mythology, you're like, oh, leprechauns, because selkies aren't that well known. And but I know what a selkie is. But you know what a selkie is within, like, four words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jerk. <laughs> but leprechauns actually weren't widespread in Irish culture until much later in their folkloric history. In fact, most of their description, so think of a leprechaun in your head right now. He's probably got a red beard, and he's small, and he's kind of drunk, and he's got a pipe, and he's loud, and he fights. They're Unsurprisingly, they are based on derogatory Irish stereotypes from the 1800s. Mostly leprechauns rose up in America, which had a ton of anti-Irish sentiment Mm -hmm. at the time, and other parts of the world that were like, ew, the Irish. So So racism. Racism, basically, is where we get leprechauns from. But... I th- as far as I can tell, they have sort of been folded into the mm-hmm. mythical le- lexicon mm-hmm. of Ireland. They just, they don't have the storied history that you would assume they do, right. given their prevalence. They're basically just racism. It's fine. Mm-hmm. The folklore around leprechauns that does exist is likely based on, and this is a word that I had to look up the pronunciation of, because Gaelic has a lot of letters that you don't say. It's the Tua de Denon. Mm-hmm which is spelled Tuatha de Danann, <laughs> so that's fine. And the Tuatha de Danann are a species of fairy, because okay. Ireland does have a lot of fairies yeah. in their historic culture. Like, we talked about the Ishi mm-hmm. for Sahwin, right, right. which I did not pronounce sound, Samhain, and I deserve a cream puff for that, but I'll get one in a second. They're just, they're speculated to be, now that they're in the lexicon, they're, they're probably just a subspecies okay. of one of the many groups of fairies. Mm-hmm. So... Now that you know all about leprechauns, series of statements, Okay. you tell me, I'm a leprechaun. Can I do that? And either I can do that or I cannot. Okay. Statement number one, I can create and shape rainbows. Yes. I can do that. So this is likely the origin of the whole pot of gold at the end of the rainbow Mm -hmm. thing. It's the belief that they can manifest rainbows and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at making shoes and fixing them. Yes. I can do that. And some of the original depictions of leprechauns actually sound like the origin of the Shoemaker's Elves folktale. Yeah. I, I d- accidentally, you know, did a little bit of leprechaun research before yeah. this. But yeah, they're like the, the shoemakers, the cobblers, and yeah. like the bankers. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an 18th century poem called The Leprechaun or Fairy Shoemaker. Fairy Shoemaker. Okay. So, yeah, so that is, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that leprechauns are called in Gaelic is referring to the fact that they're often pictured fixu- fixing one shoe. Okay. So they, they're just like little, little, yeah, yeah. little helpers. And they like money. But who the fuck doesn't? I have extrasensory perception. Mm, I don't think you do. I can't do that. That's yeah. an elf thing. That's an elf no, thing. I'm not an elf. I can grant wishes. 
Yeah? I can! Yeah. In a popular medieval tale and other depictions, basically in the medieval tale, there's this king who gets kidnapped and then he figures out he's been kidnapped by leprechauns Mm -hmm. and he manages to get the upper hand and he traps them. Mm -hmm. So the lore is that if you trap a leprechaun in exchange for his freedom, he'll offer you three witches. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Take these three witches instead of me. No, he'll ask. Witches. He'll give you three wishes. Lord. (laughs) I have a podcast because I talk good. I am really good at seeing things at night. Yeah? No. No. I can't do that. That's a sadder thing. Sadder thing. Sadder. Yeah. (laughs) And this one. I can't see good at night either. No one can. (laughs) Except for cats. And satyrs. Now to change tone entirely, I can fuck you until the bed breaks. Yes. I can't do that. That's a succubus thing. Oh. Also, you can thank my boyfriend for that one. I was designing the game yesterday and he's like, you should do this one as a statement. And I kind of looked at it and I'm like. I mean, yeah, that'll probably be a good one. I, I was just thinking about, what was it, the, um, the Simpsons, Lepre- the Simpsons oh. episode with the fortune teller and the leprechaun, and they set the, they stick yeah. the leprechaun on the fortune teller because that's the only thing that could defeat her. Yeah. And then, yeah. instead of fighting, he ends up, they, yeah. They have a thing. They have a thing, and they get married. Yeah. And I mean, there are the leprechaun horror movies, and I believe there's some of that in the leprechaun horror movies, but according to the mythological canon that I was consulting for this, that's a succubus thing. That's not a, that's not a leprechaun thing. Good. I create and protect wealth. Yes. I can do that. In some lore, leprechaun gold will disappear if you touch it to iron. Uh Uh-huh. So, and... Sometimes it'll disappear just, like, when the sun comes back up. Mm-hmm. So if a leprechaun pays you, always touch it to iron to make sure that they're paying you with their real gold, okay. not their fake gold, for all the times you collect rent from your leprechaun friends. Right. And then in other lore, they're more responsible. And like you said, they're, like, the bankers of the fairy yeah, world. wasn't there also the thing about, um, where did I find it? I, about, you can't take your eyes off of them, mm-hmm. or else, yeah. They, they, they disappear. Yeah. Yeah. With, with all their gold and Yeah, that, they're yeah. tricky little buggers. So, the pot of gold that they likely have in all of the lore, Mm -hmm. it represents all of the wealth of fairy kind. So, these Uh, immortal beings that have existed for centuries. So, they have a lot of savings. Yeah, they've accumulated a lot of savings, and on Mm. interest alone, they're, like, making bank. So, the leprechauns are kind of in charge of protecting that so the fairies don't spend it all in one place, and they make sure that they get their interest that they're owed. Oh, good. Yeah, you know. Useful. And then this is the last one. Mm. I can make plants grow within a matter of seconds. Mm, no. I can't do that. That's yeah. a dryad thing. Dryad. Yeah. Cool. So those are the things that leprechauns can and can't do. Can I share some weird things about leprechauns? Yes. Okay. Share some weird things. So, We're going to eat a cream puff because so, I pronounced all the Irish words probably right. Yay. Yay. So, and all the Irish people are like, oh, fuck you. In, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> in my research, I was also finding things about, like, just leprechauns in real life. <laughs> if, if, you know, if. Mobile, Alabama has a leprechaun. Yeah, so, so... Everybody who's seen a leprechaun say, yeah. So apparently, one, there's a leprechaun colony in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> because after sm- noticing a small circular hole in a concrete where light pole was meant to be, a journalist took it upon himself to make use of it. After adding flowers and a tiny sign that proclaimed it the world's smallest park... The man began to write stories about the spot in the newspaper column. He detailed the adventures of a small leprechaun colony led by a leader that only the journalist could see. <laughs> the modest garden became an official city park on St. Patrick's Day in 1976. Over the years, contributors have added min- miniature additions like a swimming pool complete with a diving board. That's like the opposite of what happens when they think there's the leprechaun in Mobile, Alabama. If you haven't seen that YouTube video... You should watch it, be- if only for the amateur sketch of the leprechaun, which was, looks like it was done by, like, a four-year-old. Oh, my God. And there's this guy who's like, this is a leprechaun-repelling whistle. It's been in my family for centuries. And oh it's like, God. honey, no. 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 <laughs> um, in Ireland, someone claims to have found the remains of an actual leprechaun. Ooh. This is a local businessman f- who f- claimed to have found evidence of a real leprechaun on Carlingford Mountain in Ireland. Ireland? Question. Yes. How can he tell that it's a leprechaun and not just like a small human? Well, let's find out. (laughs) After hearing a scream near the wishing well, the man found bones, a tiny suit, and gold coins near scorched earth. Come the fuck on! (laughs) The evidence is now displayed behind a glass case for visitors to come see. This is like the people who are like, I found the chupacabra, and it's just like a bloated raccoon. Right. But he found bones, a tiny suit, gold coins near scorched earth. I love that So it went... (laughs) <laughs> but like the cl- 
clothes were fine. Right. And the gold was fine. Just the earth and the bones got scorched. So, as a result, a new tradition was born. A hundred ceramic leprechauns are hidden in the mountain as part of an annual leprechaun hunt. Tourists come every year to try to hunt down the little green statues. Hunters need to buy, like, a five-euro hunter's license beforehand. (laughs) And adults are given a small bottle of whiskey to help them with their search. Oh, my God. Can we please do this? I wanted to go to that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a St. Patrick's Day brunch, and I'm going to have our art roommate, if she wants to, draw us a bunch of leprechauns, and then I'll cut them out and we'll hide them all over the apartment, and then I'll get, like, airplane bottles of whiskey. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. I'm dead serious. Let's totally do this. And then... This is this is kind of weird, but okay. Um, You're right. The other ones le- were normal. Le- <laughs> leprechauns are protected under European law. <laughs> and again, I'm this so is happy. this is within Carlingford, uh, Carling, yeah, Carlingford Mountain. Okay. Okay. Apparently, there are 236 leprechauns who live in the caverns there. Do they have to get like licenses? The EU has granted heritage status to the remaining <laughs> wee people. They now have their own protected sanctuary nest. Nestled in the mountain, oh, the directive no. also protects the animal and flora in the area to keep the biodiversity of the land safe. Well, so, yeah, because you don't so want to fuck with leprechaun types. I guess, I guess it's like we're gonna protect this mountain, yeah. but also at the same time, here's a oh, cheeky gosh, little thing it. where we've got That's these. Fun. Little we should Isn't do more of that in America so that we stop drilling for oil in our nice right. things. Just be like, no, you can't do that. That's where Sasquatch lives. Right? Exactly. <laughs> There's um, a colony of fourteen Sasquatches. And this is just the last thing that I like thought was like, huh. Yeah. Um, or, like, I was surprised to hear. But did you know they have a troublesome cousin? They have cousins? They have cousins. And they're troublesome. And they're troublesome. So some t- early accounts of leprechauns had them wearing red. Yeah. And so there's another leprechaun. He also sports red. But he's called the Cleric-Cleric-Cleric-Con. <laughs> I like mythic- what it was just the Cleric. Cleric-Cleric-Con. C-L-U-R-I-C-H-A-U-N. So it has the same suffix. Cleric-Con. Cleric-Con. A mythical creature that shares many characteristics with the leprechaun. These beings are always described as drunk and yes. surly. Yes! They are often seen in stories riding animals at night or clearing out entire wine cellars. Hashtag 2018 mood. Some, <laughs> some accounts explain these troublesome, troublemakers as the night forms of leprechauns. After a hard day's work, the bearded fairies get so tipsy that they become an entirely different species. Oh my god. Other stories just describe them as a close relative to the leprechaun. Amazing. So the, the good leprechauns are the ones who are, you know... Doing good things, you keeping know. Da- you know, keeping track of you know Fairy mythical gold, money yeah. and you know they're cute and doing you know protecting co- the mountain, protecting the mountain and cobbling shoes. And the clericons are the ones who are like, get fucked. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I'm know, gonna ride my deer out of here. <laughs> you know that one person at your family reunion? You're like, I can't believe cousin Stacy showed up. Yeah, and cousin all she's gonna do is get drunk and start fights. Exactly, and then pass out on the swing set again, just like last year. And then crash her deer into a tree. She always does it, and it's like Stacy. Stop getting the deer. We told you, just borrow our golf cart like a normal person. And Stacy just wants to ride the deer. Yeah, we all have that person in our family. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's it amazing. For, yeah, so. I'm very happy. Oh Jesus! Oh no! <laughs> Shoot pastry down. I'm uh, I am drunk and surly. Yeah, I was gonna say you're the clericon on I'm this the couch. on this couch. This is the clericon couch. All right, so I have some ghostly tales from the Emerald Isle mm. as well. First. We will have what I titled Spooky Sibling Bullshit, and then we'll close it out with the thing that Sasha really wants to hear about, mm. which is the most haunted Irish pub in America. Yes. So first, Spooky Siblings. So this is all from irishcentral.com. It's the tale of Lord Tyrone and Lady Beresford of Waterford. So they were born John the Poor and Nicola Sophia Hamilton, and they were Christian orphans okay. who were adopted by an atheist. Wait, is his last name the Poor? What? Le Poor. Oh, Le Poor. Okay. Le Poor. So yes. The, the Poor. <laughs> the Poor. Okay. <laughs> Translated from the French, Ew gross, he's poor. Okay. So they were adopted by an atheist who really wanted them to become atheists too, so he did everything he could to break their faith uh-huh. and tempt them away from Christianity. Mm. But John and Nicola were very stubborn, and they clung to their faith, and they refused to give up being Christian. Instead, they made a pact with each other that they would affirm their belief in the afterlife and prove that Christianity was legit when the first one of them died. So whichever one that was would come back as a ghost and report to the other one to prove that the afterlife was real. Sounds like a good plan. This can only end well, right? right. There's nothing possibly upsetting that's going to happen. Uh-uh. It's just going to be super chill. Yep. Until. So they both married, or rather they grew up first and then they got married. 
He didn't just marry and grow up. And then they just lived out their lives all normal-like. But then one day, Nicola was reminded of her pact because she woke up to find the spirit of her foster brother standing next to her bed. I don't like when ghosts are near beds. Beds are for sleeping. We should not lurk near them. Ghost foster brothers of the world. It's funny because you are the one who, like, if you come close yep. to you while you're sleeping, you will punch will someone thrash, out. Yeah. If you want to get punched in the throat, lean over me when I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that goes. Her foster brother was standing next to her bed. He had died and he had come to honor their pact. Mm. To prove his ghostly knowledge, he started telling her things about her future. Wait, ghosts can tell the future? Apparently. Ugh. And only Christian ghosts. Okay. Atheist ghosts, I don't know what they do. <laughs> They're just like, have you heard about atheism? It's cool, right? <laughs> I don't know. So her brother told Nicola that her husband was going to die, but that she didn't need to worry because she would remarry. She and her new husband would have four children, and she would die on the day that she turned 47. Yikes. Nicola didn't take this great. No, I wouldn't either. Shockingly, she didn't love hearing that her husband was going to die and then... She was ultimately going to die. She was aghast, and she cried out to ask her brother, is this real? Is this a dream? Are you sure? And her foster brother's ghost grabbed her wrist, and her skin withered away under his touch, and her arm was shriveled forever. Which is like what happened to my great-grandmother's, like, cousin or whatever. Yeah. Apparently that's a thing. When ghosts touch you, your skin shrivels. Mm -hmm. Super chill! Eventually, everything her brother had predicted came to pass. So her husband died, she did remarry, she had four children. And then she died when she was 47. Until, oh. on the day of her 48th birthday, mm. she proudly exclaimed, I'm 48, at her birthday party. Because she was like, <laughs> bitch, I survived! I'm just thinking about that SNL skit. I kick, yeah. I stretch, <laughs> I kick, and I'm 50. Yeah, I'm but it's 48. 48. Yeah, and she's like, suck it, losers, I'm never dying! And then she got hit by a bus. <laughs> yes, in the 1800s. <laughs> a bus came out of nowhere. It was invented just to run her over at the party. <laughs> Actually, what happened was that a family friend of theirs, mm -hmm. who was a clergyman, mm -hmm. goes, no, sweetie, you're 47. I was just looking at the registry, and she's like, no, I'm 48. He's like, no, I was just looking at the registry of your birth because I knew I was coming to this. Today's your 47th birthday. Balls! And Nicola called out balls, and she followed it up with, you have signed my death warrant. And she returned to her bedroom, where she drew up her will and dropped dead. Huh. <laughs> so she just, it wasn't like you could be like 47 and like, you know, six months or no, whatever. No, no, he like, said on the day you turn 47, 47, you're going to drop dead. That's and right. she was like, I thought I made it past it. I'm 48, bitches. And he's like, no, no, you had your birthday wrong. Which like, keep better records, everyone, so that you know how old you are, so that when your foster brother's ghost tells you you're going to die on your 47th birthday, you are emotionally prepared for it when it happens. Uh. I thought it was going to be one of those, like, the, I think it's just, like, a general folk tale where it's, like, this guy goes to a shaman and the shaman predicts that he's going to die at the stroke of midnight in, like, three weeks or something. Oh, right, yeah. And then he, like, midnight comes and he doesn't die on the day, so he starts laughing and laughing and laughing and he laughs so hard he dies. <laughs> you know. One of those. I, I thought it was going to be more like that, but ah, no, she apparently ah, just, like, ah. dropped the fuck dead, yeah. so that's ah. fine. And that's the story of the spooky sibling bullshit. That's upsetting. And now let's talk about what you've been wanting to talk about. Yes. The whole time. The most haunted Irish pub in America, which, according to some websites, is speculated to be the most haunted restaurant in the world, but given the large volume of haunted restaurants in the world, yeah, and the relatively few number of ghosts at this one, I'm going to say, let's just stick to calling it the most haunted mm. Irish pub in America. Yeah. That's something to be proud of. We can all write home about it. So most of this is from roadtrippers.com, so if you're going on a road trip, go to them, I guess. Okay. Yeah. We're going to teleport to Seattle, Washington. Oh, good. <laughs> to visit Kell's Irish Restaurant and Pub. Mm. Not only is it supposed to be actually a legitimately pretty good pub and restaurant, yeah. so it's got good food, and it's actually supposed to be quite authentic, it's also haunted AF, because the building where it's housed is the site of the Butterworth and Sons Mortuary. Good. Dead people on dead people. Do you remember JMU has yes. one of those? 
okay. mortuary? Oh, not mortuary. They had a crema- crem- crematorium. Crematorium. Yeah. I know that where... It's where the Performing Arts Center is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where they I... tore it down to yeah. put the Performing Arts Center. The room that I had my theater class in mm-hmm. for gen ed, the floor was sloped, and our professor told us on the first day, he goes, this is where they used to slaughter turkeys! So that Good. all the blood would drain out. So I was like, great, turkey ghosts. So that's where my brain immediately went when you said... It's just poultry geists. Poultry geists and... You know, mortuaries cre- mortuaries and, and cre- crematoriums. Yeah, yeah. And did I tell the story about the pinchy butt dude at the morgue? No. At, whenever we at the quarantine station. Oh, so the morgue at the quarantine station in Manly has a pervy ghost who is known to feel up women's butts <laughs> and pinch them. <laughs> And no. the tour guide was like, yeah, we've had psychics in here with their little electronic readers. And they ask him, if is he employed by the mortuary? And he says, no. We asked him if he died here. And he says, no. And semi-jokingly, I go, is he just somebody who is a little too fond of dead bodies? And everybody laughed. And I'm like, but no, like for real, because he's in the morgue and he's pinching butts. So, pervs and morgues. All right, back to Seattle. Back to Seattle and the pervs. And, no, there are no yeah. pervs in this okay. morgue. So from 1903 to 1923, so only 20 years. Yeah, okay. That's hardly anything. But the mortuary was known as, quote, the city's first place for comprehensive death-related services, from corpse retrieval to coffin sales. Nice. So that's something to write that's home your about. your one-stop shop. For all of your death needs. Yeah. Great. Convenient. Also, Butterworth and Sons. That's a great name. Butterworth is a great name. Yeah, that's where I you get think, the syrup from. I know. I was just going to say, I think immediately of maple syrup and not death. They did offer a maple syrup coffin, and it smelled great. Cool. Every time somebody died, it's like, well, I'm sad that we lost grandma, but also, who wants pancakes? Nice. Love it. <laughs> that's all made up. Nine, I mean, they might have had it, but I don't know. <laughs> Many of the bodies they prepared were killed by drownings. Mining accidents, diphtheria, and all kinds of gross 1900s Drowning? unsanitary nonsense. Yeah. Drowning. Well, I guess Seattle, you know, you're on the sea. Oh, I guess, And it yeah. is choppy and cold. Yeah. So, and cold water's the worst because you go into shock. Yeah. So, you, if you're going to drown, you're going to yeah. go fast. Be careful in cold water, kids. Unsurprisingly, all of this death for two decades has built up, like, enough of a reputation that the building is now believed to be haunted as yeah. fuck. It's paranormal. People have gone in and concluded, yep, there's totes ghosts here. Even now that it is a restaurant and not a mortuary anymore, everyone from the owners to the staff to patrons have witnessed weird things happening that makes them conclude, oh shit, there's ghosts here. Glasses will slide across the bar and smash onto the floor. Mysterious footsteps will be heard with no origin in the physical realm. And the corners are plagued by mysterious dark shadows. There's... So, you know, when you kind of see something on the yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's that. kind of that, but then you, like, look at the corner and it's like, that's a weird shadow. Nothing seems to be casting it. How hmm. strange. Some mirrors have even just, like, shattered without provocation. Which Good. is fun, because then you get seven years of bad luck on top of being haunted AF. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll just briefly go in there yeah. when we're in Seattle. Sure. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Some of the more well-known ghosts... As far as I can tell, these three are, like, the big names. And then, obviously, there are ones that, like, knock over glasses and stuff. But these three are the only ones that they, like, have seen and semi-identified. The first one is the Tall Man. And he is a spirit who is known to have very long and thin hands. And I don't know why, but that detail really creeps me out. Yeah. Maybe just because I imagine him as having, like, freakishly long, like, spindly spider hand nonsense. He is known to appear, and then as soon as someone looks at him, he disappears. Mm. So he's just like, hello, and then he's like, Bye. No! <laughs> hello. <laughs> he's just really shy. Okay. <laughs> then you have the little girl with long red hair. Okay. Usually when people see her, she's at the top of the stairs, just sitting on the top step, mm-hmm. quietly watching the patrons as if she were waiting to, for someone. But they've asked her, they or they've tried to ask her, hey, are you waiting for someone? Are you waiting for mm-hmm. something? But whenever you ask a question, she disappears. Most people believe that she died from the 1918 influenza outbreak in oh, Seattle yeah. mm-hmm. because that's, yeah, you know, influenza. Influenza, it gets you. Sometimes this little girl, because she died so young, she just wants to play pranks. So she'll play pranks on adults, but when there are other kids there, she just wants to play with them. Aww. The pub allows kids in during the day mm-hmm. before it, like, like a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. like a restaurant because it's a restaurant and pub. Mm-hmm. So during the day, kids are allowed in, and that's usually when people see her is okay. when it's daytime and she has been known to make rag dolls and other toys for children Aww. which is nice really and sad cute. she's That's like sad. be my friend i made you a dolly 
<laughs> but also, yeah, like ragdolls could be creepy AF, so that could also Aww, be like really so upsetting. I know. Kid ghosts are just sadder than others because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're little. You're not supposed to be dead. Right. Then there's Charlie. And Charlie is a music enthusiast who is known for his signature quote-unquote old-timey derby hat and long black coat. So he's pretty stylin'. He is usually seen hanging around the bar and stage, particularly when there's live music mm-hmm. that night. And most of the time he's spotted by the musicians who are playing the pub and restaurant. So they'll be like, there was this weird guy hanging around backstage and they were like, Charlie! <laughs> and that's the most haunted Irish pub in America. So he's just like a big groupie yeah he's just like oh my god can you sign my album you guys i've loved you since before you were big he's the original hipster and his Hmm. name's charlie which is probably a hipster name yeah yeah charlie yeah so that's some of the spoop that plagues ireland and irish themed things in america and when you do think about leprechauns maybe be cognizant of the maybe negative Irish stereotypes associated with them, and think of clericons instead because they're awesome. Right, I've never been like into St. Patrick's Day because I think when I was little, I just assumed like, oh, I'm not Irish at all, oh. so like, I can't partake in this. <laughs> this is nothing. And then in college, if St. Patrick's Day was on a weekday, I wouldn't do anything about it. And then the one time it was on a weekend, I almost died. So. <laughs> oh <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Bless. I'm I'm good with not <laughs> celebrating. St. Patrick's Day, but I do like the idea of telling ghost stories yeah, that's and neat. like the cute aspects of leprechauns. Yeah. It's like really sweet. That's nice. I feel like I've learned something here today. Yeah. I also am kind of neutral on St. Patrick's Day. I'm also not Irish in any regard, but also adding to some of the fun is that when I was growing up, my brother has a birthday this week, not mm-hmm. on the 17th. And so when people would find out his birthday, they'd say, oh, you're a St. Patrick's Day baby. So I assumed... That St. Patrick's Day was, in fact, March 14th, when is my, when my brother's uh, birthday is, yeah. instead of March 17th. Yeah. So I did this thing when I was little, because I really wanted to be an author, where I wrote these, like, stupid... I'd take computer paper, and then I'd staple it together yes. like a book. And then I would pick an animal, so it was like, hearts, the Valentine's Day pony. And then he would be born on Valentine's Day or whatever, and the one for St. Patrick's Day was born on March 14th, because Aww. I thought that was St. Patrick's Day. Luckily, I guess I lucked into just wearing green on the right days or my mom helped me before I left the house or uh, something. Yeah, because your mom knew what day it was. Because my mom actually knows when <laughs> holidays are. But it took me longer than I would care to admit, probably. I think I started realizing at, like, age eight, I was like, oh, it's the 17th. It's not the yeah. 14th. My bad, y'all. And sometimes still as an adult, I catch myself thinking, oh, St. Patrick's Day is on the 14th. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's on the 17th. It's fine. One of my dear friends, Melissa, yeah. uh, her birthday is March 17th, oh. but she's also, I think, half Irish. So. Oh, yeah. One of my yeah. one of my <laughs> college roommates who has a very Irish name and comes from a, like, 100% Irish family, her birthday is also on March 17th. It's nice. Yeah. How it lucky. Was, yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. Luck she, of the Irish. Yeah, she didn't love that her, that was her birthday and oh, she so didn't she like making a fuss. Yeah. But she, you know. Oh, but she was still, it, she was super Irish yeah. and her birthday was super on the 17th. So, happy birthday to those of you whose birthday is coming up. I hope it's not overshadowed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, it's one of the yeah. smaller holidays. Right. So, you would think it's not like Christmas where they're like, I just got you the one gift and right. it's your birthday and your Christmas gift. Yeah. I got, I'm greedy. Give me more presents. I got invited to a 50th birthday party on St. Patrick's Day. And nice. I asked, I was like, do I wear green? Is this St. Patrick's Day party? And she's like, no, it's my birthday. And I was like, do you want me to wear green? <laughs> <laughs> I'll repeat the question. <laughs> Do you like green? <laughs> Should I wear green? It's one of those Will things. someone pinch me at your party? <laughs> just just to be safe. Wear like something that has like a tiny a bit, bit of green, green in it. Just and be like, like, see, I am wearing green. Suckers. Yeah. They can't pinch you. Exactly. You can't pinch this. But that ghost at Manly Station might pinch my butt. Yeah. I mean, only if you're laying there pretending to be dead. Give me that booty. No. <laughs> if you want to follow us for more quality content like this, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram and we're on gmail and we're spoop hour at all of those places send us your stories send us your stories send us your puns because Please my do. phone's been blowing up with pun notif- have you been <laughs> tweeting <up>? so <laughs> if you want more puns i got into a pun war a, it wasn't a war Battle? we were all very happy okay but we just kept it was essentially how long can we make cat puns for and the answer may surprise you oh jeez 
So go ahead and click bait on over to Best Forever's Follow Friday post. Oh, God. Because we just, we blew it up with cats. Yeah, I kept getting notifications to my phone, and I was like, <laughs> this is not me tweeting <laughs> from the Spoop Hour account. Fun fact, here's how you can tell when it's me at the Spoop Hour account. More gifts and a lot of puns. Yeah. That's how you can tell it's me. Generally, I'm the one who's on Instagram, too, but I don't I do not do as much there just because it's not as social. I do our posts announcing like, the new episodes. If you want quality content, stick to Sasha's tweets. If you want <laughs> the hot garbage that you've come to know and love from us, just wait till I take hold of the Twitter account <laughs> and just ruin everything. Because it's a good partnership. It's, it works out really yeah. great. And if you think it's a good partnership, maybe rate, review, subscribe tell your friends to listen to us Mm -hmm. that'd be pretty cool and hide all of your leprechauns on saint patrick's day and don't forget to drink the whiskey to find them hey y'all jen and Lindsay here from corpus delicti podcast here to tell you to check out our show if true crime is your thing it's ours too with a touch of lightheartedness and a dash of southern charm we cover compelling cases and crack them open for you serial killers hitmen historical hallmarks we've got it all and bring you new episodes every tuesday morning you can find us on itunes google play stitcher and most other podcast apps we're on facebook instagram and twitter too that's c-o-r-p-u-s-d-e-l-i-c-t-i see you tuesday